This next speaker has become a fast friend of mine, and her friends will tell you that she is wise beyond her years. She is so humble and brings a spirit of peace to our team. So without further ado, I would like to welcome up my friend, Janelle Pillar. Let's go, Janelle. Yes. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I know, like, your minds are full, your bellies are maybe partially full, although that bathroom line was, was killer, so you know that this is a popular place tonight. Um, like they said, my name is Janelle, and so my husband and I are pastors at a church in Castle Rock, and um, I've been so honored just to get connected to this church and to this ministry through some awesome friends and just been able to lead worship here but so honored to be with you guys tonight. So if you have missed this in what's been said so far, I just want to make sure that we make this as clear as we can. If you are in this room tonight and you find yourself in a season of singleness, we are not sharing anything that we are sharing tonight because we are trying to magically get you out of singleness. We are sharing this because we want to encourage you to grow in holiness, okay? And so, you know, it's a weird fact to think that as believers, there is actually one wedding. If you have truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's one wedding in your life that you are guaranteed. And it is something that we get to look forward to our entire life. And I can promise you, if you are in this room and you have had a wedding, it will exceed the earthly wedding that you've had. Because we are preparing ourselves as a bride to marry the bridegroom and to prepare ourselves and just to know that our hearts are ready to receive him. And so I have heard this saying for a long time, and I just want to share it with you. Your season of singleness will never be neutral when it comes to killing sin and pursuing holiness, right? So we have an opportunity in our season of singleness. We can pursue the things of the flesh and we can feed that. Or as has already been shared, we can commit ourselves to dying daily. And so I get the fun opportunity and the joy to just share my story with you tonight. Um, This is my testimony of my journey with singleness, and it will shock you. My attempted journey out of singleness started when I was five. I was all about the kindergarten boyfriends, no joke. Like school boyfriend, church boyfriend, playground boyfriend, I wanted a boyfriend. And at that point, (laughs) my dad started saying to me from a very young age, he kept saying, Janelle, promise me one thing. Don't get married until you're 25 because your brain will continue to develop and change and you'll mature. And I was like, I'm going to have all of my kids by then, dad. Cool. Thanks for your advice. Well, joke was on me because then I turned 21 and my parents were like, why aren't you married? And why don't we have grandbabies yet? And I was like, well, see question A for the answer to question B. All right. So I grew up in the church, and when I was 16, I really fell in love with Jesus. So before that point, I didn't know what it was to truly have a relationship with him and to fall in love with him. And it sounds so cheesy, but it's true. It changed my life. Jesus became my obsession at that point. And 16 is a really critical time for all of us. We're figuring out who we are. We're going through a journey looking for acceptance and for affirmation from those around us wanting to feel included. And 
At the time, I thought it was so lame. Like, I was just that lame girl without a boyfriend. But I can look back now and I see the protection of the Lord on my life in that season. And there are some people who learn from experience. Don't raise your hand, but you know who you are. And then there are other people who learn from other people's experiences, right? And so I was the latter. I was too fearful to have those experiences myself. So I learned a lot of trauma and relational heartbreak and different things from watching my friends navigate relationships. And when I turned 18, all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, I had all these people coming to me and saying, we know who you should marry. And there was this one mom in the church that I was at, and she was like, God told me you're supposed to marry my son. And I kept thinking, okay, God, please, like, if there is one that you're going to, you know, organize and make that happen, like, can he please be cute and maybe have, like, some really cool qualities that are awesome and that I would like? But I remember thinking at that point I had been in close relationship and walking with Jesus for two years. And I remember thinking, if this boy's mom thinks that she can hear God for my life, I know that I can hear God's voice. I want to be committed to familiarizing myself with the voice of God so that I can hear when he tells me, hey, maybe you should give some attention to this one. So shocker, um, I did not marry that boy. Yeah. (laughs) Woo. And so from that time on, I don't know if you've ever heard this. There may be people in the room who you, you are not familiar with scripture and you haven't been around the church. And that's awesome. And we're so glad that you're here. And so if that's you in this room, there's a verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, say it if you know it, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And every time someone would come up to me and want to encourage me or make me feel better about the fact that I was alone, they would be like, Jeremiah 29, 11, girl, God's got you. But here's the thing. The more that I studied scripture, if you know about Old Testament, New Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11 is in the Old Testament and it's Old Covenant. And so this scripture is referencing the coming of Jesus. So when he was writing this, he was saying, I have plans to give you a hope and a future and I will fulfill that through Jesus. And so now We have the New Testament, we have the new covenant, and Jesus has come so that we can prosper. We can, we do, we have a hope and we have a future. And so I just kept thinking actually the opposite of maybe what they wanted me to think and feel when they told me that. I am, I already have everything that I need in Jesus. So while it would be a gift for me to receive a husband and to become a mom and to experience those different things, I already have all that I need. I am complete and I have been given a hope. I have been given a future and I don't have to say if and when I can say, but now, and I can walk in that today. And so I would say probably from the ages about 22 to 27 was a daily battle. As we all know, if you're walking a season of singleness, it's probably more minute by minute than it is even daily. (laughs) But I had the battle and the decision before me to choose to lean into the promise that God had extended to me. And that promise was his son. And I would ask myself this question, and maybe this sounds really intense to you tonight, and I'm so sorry if that's the case. But I would truly ask myself, is God enough? If he never gave me a spouse, if he never gave me a family of my own, is he enough? And is he still worthy of my life laid down before him? 
And so I had to allow that to settle in my own heart. And I saw this quote, and it's so simple. But it says, singleness ought not be viewed as a problem, nor marriage as a right, for God grants either one as a gift. And so in that season for me, which felt very long, honestly, right? We, we all have the way that we imagine our lives would go. Maybe we have planned it out in the way that we think would be beautiful and perfect. But I found myself at a crossroads where my life didn't look how I thought it was going to. And I was given these opportunities to travel the world. And so I have been super privileged and blessed um, to meet people all over the world, to make friends. And what I found was I was the one who was focusing on the fact that I wasn't married. I was the one focusing on the fact that I was doing these things alone. And as I met people on all of these different continents, guess what? This is what I found. Everybody was exploring. I wasn't weird. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're the only person on the planet walking this journey. The rest of the world was exploring, and I was imposing expectations on myself that created limitations in my experience. And a fun fact for you tonight, if you did not know, the average age of marriage in the United States is actually 34. So we think in our heads, we have our own timelines and think we're behind. So when I was 27, I came to the realization that I had expectations that I hadn't realized. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're at a place where you don't even realize that you have expectations, whether that's of who you're going to meet, how you're going to meet them, what they're going to be like, what the timeline is. But I had caused myself to feel stuck, to feel inadequate at times. And I'm so thankful for the time that I had to learn who God made me to be and who I am in him. And I remember I turned 25 and my dad made so many jokes at that birthday because I wasn't engaged yet. And I just remember thinking, wow, Lord, thank you so much that I've had time to work through trauma, to work through toxicity. Raise your hand if your therapist is your best friend, right? Like, hey, yes, therapy is amazing. And so I had this time that I was just able to focus on becoming the healthiest version of myself, but not even for my own gain. It was because I wanted Jesus to be made more evident in my life. And as I pursued health, he was able to fill all of those areas and shine out of them, right? And so then I turned 28 and I was singing at a Christmas Eve service at a church and this lady approached me. I don't know her name. I had never met her in my life. And she just walks up to me and she goes, I have a question for you. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. She's like, well, you look good on the surface. Cool. Like your outfit is nice. You're pretty. You sang just fine. So I know that if you don't have a ring on your finger, there's something wrong. Because there's really got to be something wrong for you. There's a reason why you're not married yet. And I want you to tell me what it is. I'm like, okay, stranger. So naturally, I went home and tore myself to shreds that day. But the reality is, 
in those moments of discouragement, and we all have them, right? Whether it's because of something someone has said or something that we tell ourselves, a narrative that we live every day in our mind, I had an opportunity to walk in a constant decision of trusting the Lord. And he's extending that same choice to you today. If you're hoping for a spouse, if you are married, if you're like, oh, please, God, this wedding planning is stressful. He's like, just trust me. It's all going to be okay. And nothing prepared me for 29. So I met my now husband when I was 29. And my husband was previously married and had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six children. And as we all do, we have the parameters that we believe the way that we think it'll look. And again, I'm telling you guys, I didn't realize that that was me. I just wanted to be open-handed. Well, all he was doing was pursuing me in friendship. He wasn't trying to date me. It was nothing weird. And my heart was completely closed off. And I know that there are some of you, you're like, hmm you're not cute, so I'm not going on a date with you. Or your marital status isn't what I thought it would be, so I'm not going on a date with you. Or my one friend said that you looked at her weird in the hallway, and I would never talk to you in my life, right? So we have all of these things that we set in our minds. But I remember one day the Lord just sat me down and asked me a really simple question. He said, Janelle, do you believe that I am who you say that I am? Do you believe that I, that I do what you say that I do and what I say that I do. And how you handle this man and how you handle this situation matters because it's an indicator of where your heart is at with me. And that didn't mean, I, I didn't take that at the time to mean like, oh, I'm going to have to marry him. What the heck? But it was just, yes, God. <laughs> You're a redeemer. Yes, God, you're a restorer. Yes, God, you're the one who makes all things new. And if you don't hear anything else tonight, please hear that. He will redeem your story. He is the only one who can literally take what you see today and in a moment give you a completely new view and a new lease on life. Now, I'm married to the most amazing man. We have a beautiful family, and part of my testimony that I love to share, um, just because I think it reiterates that God really cares about the desires of your heart. When I was 19, I was told that I was infertile, and I had prayed to the Lord, like, I just, Lord, I believe you for a miracle one day, whether that's adoption, whether that's opening my womb so that I can have children, whatever that looks like. And God has given me six incredible kids. And I stepped into a family. And so at the end of the day, God isn't going to force us to step into those unknowns. He's not going to force you to go down every rabbit trail of questions that you may have. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that there is beauty and life on the other side of letting our expectations go. So I want to leave you with these questions. Are you ready to lay down your expectations and live open-handed to receive all that God has for you? Because I can guarantee you that it will blow your mind. 
Are you willing to yield to the forming that takes place in your season of waiting? He wants to use this season. And lastly, I just want to encourage you to memorize Psalm 16.5. If you guys have a notebook or a phone, write it down, take a screenshot. But regularly declare this over yourself. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. So another version says this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup of blessing. You are all I need and you hold my future. I'm emotional over here, Janelle. That was amazing. Seriously, thank you for your faithfulness to God. Thank, for, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for your just heart to obey no matter what and to listen to him. And so I just want us to take a moment as we, uh, before we move out on from this moment, I just want to ask the Lord uh, to just be with us as we close out our session. If you would bow with me in just an attitude of prayer. Uh, and as we kind of just have this, moment. I may want to speak to a few of you guys. You might just be here tonight and you might just be like, feel very stuck. And as you've heard time after time and time, you're like, I want God to relieve this from me. I want them to take it from me. I just want to encourage you just to release control of whatever he's putting on your heart. Whatever he's putting on your heart that you to release it and you go, God, you can have it. And I want to walk out of here a different person. As we continue in that attitude, I just want to encourage you also, if, if you've never made Jesus Lord over your life and you hear all these things of people talking about how Jesus is the one, how Jesus is the answer, I would encourage you, I would challenge you right now, you don't have to wait anymore. All it is is a step of faith to make Jesus Lord over your life. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you, all you have to do is just say yes to him. Yes to him. Then go, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. God, we're thankful for all that you're doing tonight. I thank you that you're restoring relationships, you're changing people, you're challenging us, you're encouraging us, you're moving us to the path you might have. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks so much for watching The Brook online. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and be sure to download The Brook app so you can stay up to date with all the new media as well as all the new events we've got coming up every single week.